0: Everybody now. Ooh. What you want, baby, I got it. What you
1: need, you know I got it.
0: Tenure flat. I blew my voice out in 2010 when Sidney Crosby scored that goal. Literally, I've lost about three or four notes at really? the top of my register, yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite guests. Is back on the show, and every time I introduce him, I feel I have to suck up with saying uh, one of my favorite guests. Really? Other than Kathy. He's one of my favorite guests. Oh, no, but he's been on Kathy Lee's show. He went on Kathy Lee's before he went on my show to talk about this book. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Metaxas, New York Times bestselling author of uh, Seven Women and The Secret of Their Greatness. The uh, foreword is written by Mel Gibson. Uh, Eric Metaxas, how you doing, man? (laughs) How should I be doing? I'm swell. How are you? Swell. You do sound like a... You kind of have that 1950s uh, radio drama voice, you know? Where, and got in, yeah, in,
1: well, or even 40s or 30s, depending on when you get me. But yeah, I, uh, I like the word swell. And I, I like the way they talk in those movies. I watch Turner Classic movies all the time. And I just love the way they dress and talk. There's yeah. something wonderful about it. They yeah. often say things like, say... You know, we don't say
0: it yeah. anymore. Say, say, say here, listen here, bud. Back. And we don't say
1: why, we don't say that either. No.
0: Well, and we also don't say why I ought to... No. Yeah.
1: So let's bring that back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Eric, so good to have you on the show again. You're one of the best-dressed guests we've ever had. Uh, you hung out with me publicly once, and I appreciate that, because that did a great deal to my reputation. We went to the Blind Boys of Alabama concert, yes. and you lost your hearing that night, I think.
1: That was uh, <laughs> no. I, I, of course, I remember that it seems like five minutes ago, but it's probably a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, it was many, 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 many years ago. Um, but anyway, listen. What is a guy like you writing a book like this? Who says you know all this all out about women? You know, you don't. You don't
1: know me. A lot of people do. A lot of people do. But uh, I. Uh, I can't be specific. I will tell you this much. I wrote. I never thought I would write this book called Seven Women, but uh, I wrote the book called Seven Men, and everywhere I went, people said, when are you going to do a book on seven women? They didn't say, are you going to do a book on seven women? They said, when are you going to do a book on seven women? And I thought, you know, that's a wonderful idea, because basically what it is, seven men and seven women, are short biographies. Can you guess how many are in each book?
0: Hmm, I'm going to go with seven.
1: Yeah, that's close. It's seven. Okay. And I have to tell you that uh, there are many people that aren't going to read a big biography. I, I wrote a big biography in Bonhoeffer and a pretty big one on, on William Wilberforce called Amazing Grace. And Sometimes people, you know, they don't want that much. Or, and, I, and I thought, by the way, it's a huge effort to write such a book. I thought, what if I just found people whose stories I, I have to tell and did shorter versions, and so I did it in Seven Men, and I've done it again in Seven Women, and, and many of them, if not most, are stories and people that are not well-known, so I get very excited about introducing people uh, to these seven women.
0: Okay, but a lot of, let's talk about the more popular ones in uh, in this list of seven. The uh, King. Billy Billy Jean King, yes. Um Cory Tenboom, Mother Teresa. I think most people know know these women. Rosa Parks,
1: right? Yeah, those are those are the well known women in the book.
0: Yeah, That's correct. Joan of Arc, but who's who's Susanna Wesley?
1: Oh my goodness. Susanna Wesley, uh, I didn't know her story. This is one of the classic cases where I was talking to friends and saying, Who should I put in this book? Who do you know? And somebody said, Oh, Susanna Wesley. And I said, Who who's Susanna Wesley? Well, she's the mother of john and charles wesley now a lot of people don't know who they are either john wesley was the man who really started what we think of as the methodist movement which is really evangelical christianity in the good sense this idea that uh... you know it's not just about the church and the priests and whatever but that that each of us has to have a faith and by doing that in great britain and then in america here he really changed the world there's there's no way around it we wouldn't have world before the abolition of the slave trade all kinds of social reforms all the sort of stuff that we think is you know normal it's not normal before the wesleyan revival we didn't really even think about that stuff so he's a tremendous figure his mother is one of those women who you know uh, if she hadn't existed and hadn't raised him the way she did he wouldn't have been the man he was there's just no question that it was her being a parent, being his parent, that made him who he was, and his brother Charles, who, who wrote all the hymns and was right there with John Seid. So, so this woman, by being an incredible mother, and I mean incredible, when you read the story, you just every mother's going to feel guilty in some ways, because this woman was a phenomenon. But she didn't have some other job. She wasn't an activist. She was just a mother to these kids, homeschooled them, taught them the Bible, she had 19 children, 10 of them survived uh, early years, and she raised them pretty much by herself, because her husband was a little flaky. Uh, if you read the book, you'll, you get that picture. And by raising these kids, it's undeniable. She changed the world. If not for this woman, uh, there's no Wesleyan revival, there's no Wilberforce and the slave trade being abolished, and it just goes on and on and on. So the power of a mother, it's, it's kind of freaky, but even freakier is when you realize that Susanna Wesley was the 25th of 25 children. Wow. That freaked me out. Yeah. You know, after like 22, I'm done, right? (laughs) Come on.
0: Um, Who is the – I'm sure you get this question asked all the time when you do these interviews, but who is the one woman that didn't make the cut that you think, oh, I really wish made the cut?
1: Oh, my gosh. Actually, I I, I should come up with a good answer for that because there are – there are a number, none of them popping into my head at this second, but whenever you put, and I, I'm glad you asked it, because I get to say this, is that whenever you put together a collection of seven this or seven that, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is no objectivity. There are plenty of people that could have been in there, but you just didn't get around to it. or you know, I mean, uh, Luther's wife, Martin Luther's wife, Katharina von Bora, is another one of these just giant figures. When you read her story, you think, wow, I, 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 how did I not know uh, about her. um there's there's a whole bunch. I mean, Cla- Clara barton, uh, the the um, uh, Florence Nightingale. there are all kinds of of women whose lives are we I guess my my thesis is we need to know these stories. When we know these stories, it helps us think about our own lives and about our own culture. Uh, and even Joan of Arc, I mean, it's it's practically unbelievable the story and yet it's true we know that it's true it's not like we think we hope that it's true we know that it's true and you read it, reading you think what, what do i make of this is I, it possible you know
0: i really i was quite devastated when i saw the book uh, that you didn't have mrs roper
1: <laughs> okay you got nothing yeah. you
0: got nothing yeah, um, you have
1: to be a real person, you can't be a fictional character, and oh, okay. you have to be dead. There, Anybody alive who's really wonderful, you can't get into the book. You have to have passed away. You know, if, if Billy Graham had passed away, he might have been in my Seven uh, Men book. There are a lot of great people, but I'm not putting any living people in these books.
0: Right, right. Okay, so, Mother Teresa, what is it that you found out about Mother Teresa that you think will rock our world enough for us to go, you know what, I need to get this book?
1: Well, I guess... Uh, her, there's something about her personality that, I, okay, in the introduction, this is where I say it, is that these women, one, one of the things I realized in retrospect is that all of these women were really fully women. It's not like a woman who did something that a man had done before. or It's kind of like they lean into being women and, and their femininity. And so kind of
0: like, like Caitlyn Jenner.
1: Exactly, not like that. Exactly. Okay. And and so so Mother Teresa, you kind of think that this was a tiny woman. She was like I don't know, four foot ten, eleven. When she spoke at the National Prayer Breakfast, the microphone literally was in front of her face. You couldn't see her face <laughs> because she was so little, right?
0: Didn't that happen to you when you spoke at the National Prayer Breakfast?
1: No, I was right above the microphone. Oh, okay. Thank you. All right. But All right. I was in fact inspired by what she said at the National Prayer Breakfast, and this kind of gets to my point: is that this woman was this tiny nun uh, who grew up in Albania and just gave her life to God in this complete abandon, where you just give your life. There's something about, uh, I watched Audrey Hepburn in a, in a nun's story or nun's tale, whatever it was the, the other day, a movie that came out, like 1960, and you think, wow, when, when someone gives themselves over to the holy orders like that, they give it all away. They just say, I am nothing, I'm giving myself to God. Mother Teresa did that and consequently uh, was a fetid world figure who, when she was, uh, in 1994, invited to speak at the National Prayer Breakfast, with complete boldness, spoke about abortion in front of President Clinton and Hillary Clinton. She didn't do it in a way to shame them. Like, you just really felt like there's this holiness and this authority which, frankly, we don't see much in our culture. You know, we see a lot of people talking about God, but this woman lived it in her bones. She's feeding lepers and doing things. I mean, she was just, you know, really sold out for God. And I thought, that's so dramatic. And then this tiny woman being able to speak with this authority, uh, pretty incredible. So I, I, that's the short version. Sure. Of, of what I have to say about her, but just I just admire her.
0: On the phone with Eric Metaxas, New York Times bestselling author, uh, and his latest greatest book is Seven Women and the Secret of Their Greatness. Um, if if um, Rihanna picked this book up, or Kim Kardashian picked this book up, do you think it would make any impact? I think it would burn their hands. <laughs> and there's no pictures, Drew. Oh, there's no And there's no scratch-and-sniff pages.
1: Yeah, no, we joke around, look, we joke around, of course, of course, that's, that's why I wrote it, so that, you know, your, your average person, and, you know, as far as this stuff goes, you know, they, they are average folks living their lives, they read it, and you know what it is, it's an old-fashioned word, it's convicting, you read it and you think, ah, oh, this is so beautiful, this person's life is so meaningful, and it makes you want to 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 live a little differently in a good way though you know i don't think it's guilt i think it's like it's inspiring you just say whoa i've been i've been in a world that's kind of so different from this i get examples uh, and here and, and 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 people that are that are really examples of something completely different this is it's refreshing it reminds us of what most of us already know deep down of what is true but I do think we need that. I keep saying that we need heroes and heroines because we're made that way. God made us that way. We, we need that, whether it's uh, from the people around us that are going to inspire us or, or, or people from, from history. We really, really need it. Somebody wrote an article about the book in Forbes magazine, I'm glad to say, and hmm. the title was America Needs a Heroin Addiction. I think Canada also needs a heroin addiction. Okay, who's your heroine? Um...
0: And you can't say your wife because that's just sucking up.
1: Uh, my mommy.
0: No, still sucking up. Mommy. Nope. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, obviously the, the 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 women in this book. I mean, that was the whole point, right? Is yeah. the seven women. Yeah, that but I but which one do you like there? the
0: best? Yeah. I'm going to ask you the question you shouldn't ask a parent. You no, know, which child yeah. do you love the most? Which of these women do you think rocked your world more than the other?
1: Well, whichever one gets straight A's, because uh, that's how I that's how I give love. <laughs> no, um, basically, I guess I would say that my favorite would probably be Hannah Moore, because first of all, people haven't heard of her. It's it's a tie maybe between her and Maria Skubsova, who's Saint Maria of Paris. But Hannah Moore, when I was writing my Before biography, I came upon this woman, Hannah Moore, and she was really his colleague and friend, but what a character. She was, first of all, one of the most famous literary figures of that time. Her, her novels outsold Jane Austen's novels, Ten to One, Come on. very popular, yeah, yeah. She was, I mean, Jane Austen's novels do well now, but back then, Hannah Moore was like, you know, kicking her across the playground. And I'll tell you <laughs> that this this uh, woman, Hannah Moore, was friends with all of the elites. Dr. Johnson, Samuel Johnson, loved her, and the the, the famous actor David Garrick, and all, all of these figures. She was kind of swimming in those literary art circles. And she was a Christian, but not in any deeply profound way. But something happened. She read a book uh, around 1785 written by... John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, he wrote a book called Cardophonia and it really touched her and changed her and she decided what what am I doing with my life? I think I need to get a little bit more serious about helping the poor doing these things and so her writings changed she she met wilberforce and and they become best friends and basically Wilberforce you know was also very witty and funny, so they had this wonderful friendship. She never got married, but she was um the cultural side of what Wilberforce was on the political side. And it, and it speaks to me because people often say, like, I want to change the world through politics or through legislation. You can't. You have to also use culture. And, and Wilberforce understood that. And so Hannah Moore helped him by, you know, writing poems, po- very popular poems, you know, about abolition and writing books and things. And so she was sort of a cultural arm uh, of what happened, and abolition, I don't think would have been possible without Hannah Moore. She's a, just a wonderful character, very funny, witty, just fabulous. So she, to me, is probably if I had to pick one, I'd pick her. The other one, though, Maria Skubsova, is totally unknown. Nobody, I would say, almost nobody has heard of her, and that's one of the reasons I said I always want to put somebody in a book that's a little bit more obscure. She was a, a Russian Orthodox nun who was, was saving Jews in Paris. Uh, and eventually was killed by the Nazis. But she is another just off the charts brilliant woman. She she wrote poetry. She was a communist. She just was all over the map before she finally uh, gave her life to God. Became an, an, a Russian Orthodox nun, although an unorthodox. Orthodox nun. She smoked and drank and was divorced twice. And perfect. Uh, perfect. She to the, and she listened to the um, to the Drew Marshall show. when she And <laughs> <cooked.
0: laughs> um, Eric, where does women's lib fit into all this? What's your take on that? You know, uh, what's the Gloria? What's her face? Uh, quote: uh, Men need or women need men like fish need bicycles. Um, or you know, how, how do you feel about like? What do you think these women would think about women's lib? Is maybe my question.
1: Well, I, Maybe. first of all, I think the term women's live is very cute. Thank you. It's very, very retro. It's like, what do you think of the suffragettes? <laughs> what? What's your, what's your stance on, on the suffragette movement, sir? <laughs> okay. Do you believe women should have gotten the vote? <laughs> so, really,
0: what I'm trying to say is, who do you think is going to have more impact on the on, on women? Uh, the, who do you think is having more impact on women these days? Oprah or Hillary.
1: Uh, <laughs> i don't know so it's it, it, is, it, is, you is, had to bring me down yes no here's what i would say in in the beginning of the, the book in, in the um, sorry in the introduction i write about you know sort of my theory on why these women were great and i noticed that all of them as i think i said before they kind of lean into being a woman they they don't try to be like men or compete with men whether they don't they have nothing to do with that they're just who they are and it's by doing that that they achieve the greatness that they do, and and I really think one of the uh, the people that I quote in my introduction, she's a friend, a ninety two year old who she would probably be in the book if she had passed away because she's that amazing, but she's she's a ninety two year old her name is Alice von Hildebrandt, and she's written a number of books she she taught philosophy at Hunter College and was married to the great philosopher Dietrich von hildebrandt and she writes on the subject of men and women. And she is adamant. She spoke at Soxie's in the city twice. You can watch it on uh, on video. And she's adamant. She says that feminism is my great enemy, and it's because she says she's so pro-woman that she is the enemy of contemporary feminism, which she says tries to make women adopt sort of masculine kinds of thinking and so she really sees a difference between being pro-woman and being feminist. And I often think that that's where movements get things wrong so it's hard for me to, to answer that definitively right. but I do think that often that's the problem with kind of feminist thinking is rather than lean into who you are as a woman it's, it's kind of like some it's a masculine thing that's being brought over into the lives of women which is why I didn't pick you know Sally Ride, or Shirley Cha-Cha Moldowney, the first woman dragster champion to be in the book.
0: Let's, uh, let me just ask you this uh, final question, Mr. Eric Metaxas, New York Times best-selling author and uh, author of this new book, Seven Women and the Secret of Their uh, Greatness. How's the radio show going, buddy?
1: Well, I have to tell you, you know, I was... Uh... And
0: who was your inspiration for this?
1: Little, a little guy I like to call Drew Marshall. No, that's not true. But the fact of the matter is, my friend, your show is the only, if I had to point to anything similar, you're it. Because you, we, we're doing some of the the same kinds of things. Uh, I just have to say that I really enjoyed it, and I didn't know that I would, to be perfectly honest. Oh, whatever. I,
0: you're, a, you're a chatty Cathy. You'd love it.
1: Well, but yes, but it's every day for two hours.
0: Oh, forget that. It's,
1: it's out of the Empire State Building. It's two hours a day. And I have really loved it. I should at least give the website. It's talk dot com. And if you can spell talk, the other part is uh M E T A X A S, Metaxas Talk dot com. But I've tried to mix it up sort of the way you do. You know, I always like talking about God and faith, but I talk about everything. So I've said it's the show about everything. I've talked to comedians, I've talked to Uh, Kathy Lee Gifford, you know, and you're the only person I can think of who does anything like that. So kudos to you for blazing the trail.
0: Well, listen, you're very welcome, and I just want to thank you for being a guest on my show. (coughs) (laughs) (coughs) Man, you're funny. You should get a radio show. Stop it. Um, Eric, you are, I think the word prolific, or the phrase prolific author applies to you. You know when you, when you first kind of made your splash, right? Bef- I don't. I think, what was before Bonhoeffer? What was what was uh, BB? Debt. Debt. <laughs> Running from the
1: law. <sighs>
0: Debt. You're funny, man.
1: No, but yeah. why did I
0: have you on my show the first time? Because you weren't anybody.
1: Um. I, I, I don't know. Maybe somebody slipped you twenty and said, "Hey, give no. that a, a break."
0: No, you were you were. What were you doing here in Toronto? You weren't just coming to do the show. What were you doing up here in Toronto? Do you even remember?
1: Um. Well, I mean, before Bonhoeffer, I wrote my biography of William Wilberforce. That was oh, yeah, that was it. That was, it. That
0: was it. Yeah, that was it.
1: Uh, I've written books with the title "Everything You Always Want to Know About God, But We're Afraid to Ask."
0: Right. Right. And so how's I'm how's how's your good friend Dick Cavett, by the way?
1: Well, I love him. I just emailed him yesterday saying he needs to come on the on the the radio show because he's just such a delightful guest and in fact in all seriousness you know if somebody says to me you know who is your model in anything like this i i would always say dick cavett because he's a guy who talked about everything he had all kinds of people on from groucho and woody allen to you know very uh... Cerebral figures like uh, you know Norman Mailer and and uh, William F. Buckley and oh, that, oh, he how, them all on.
0: how great would William F. Buckley have been as a guest? Oh my goodness. That's one I think I that I just regret not being able to get. Oh, so, man. Anyway. Yeah. Well you're you're my William F. Buckley.
1: Hey, no joke. Someone described me, the Indianapolis Star described me as the Protestant version of William F. Buckley, and I thought, "See, that doesn't make any sense. That's like the white version of Martin Luther King. What does that even mean?
0: No, that's that's an oxymoron. I get it. Yeah. Um, Eric, I care about you deeply, and I hope you make lots of money selling books.
1: Well, you really are, are wonderful, and every time I talk to you, I realize how much I miss you. If you ever come down this way and don't tell me, I'll, get, I'll have my feelings hurt. So.
0: That's right. I'm actually not allowed in the Empire State Building anymore. Eric, uh, I wish you the best. Folks, again, a website you may want to go to is ericmetaxas.com, ericmetaxas.com, and uh, listen to his broadcast, buy his books. I'm sure he's got Frisbees and keychains and coffee yeah. mugs. Uh, he's, he's a, he's, I am on
1: Twitter now. There you go. Oh my gosh. I'm yeah. on Facebook. And if you go to, to MetaxasTalk.com or EricMetaxas.com uh, before midnight tonight, you get, a, you get a free cup of soup or a haircut, your choice.
0: <laughs> he's he's going to be, because the Sham Wow guy is now in prison. He, this is the new <laughs> Sham Wow guy right here, Eric Metaxas. Good to talk to you, buddy. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Again, folks, the name of the book Seven Women and the Secret of Their Greatness.
1: Somali pirates have hijacked a sailboat in the Indian Ocean and taken two passengers hostage. What happens next will change their lives forever. The Tears of Dark Water is a powerhouse new novel of tragedy, vengeance, and redemption from acclaimed novelist Corbin Addison, the international best-selling author of A Walk Across the Sun. Kirkus Reviews calls it a fast-paced thriller and puts its humanitarian moral at the forefront. Electrifying and moving, The Tears of Dark Water is a tour de force and Corbin Addison's most powerful novel yet.